What's alliteration but with like consonants? We call it. That's still. That's still alliteration. That is alliteration. Okay. What's the one with the other thing? Vowels. Assonance. Consonants and assonance. No. Okay. No. Wait. Look that up. Yeah, I think it's just alliteration, right? Yeah. No. Alliteration. Okay. So what do you like so much about smoke steals? What I'm trying to get at here. The alliteration. It's like it's like 99% alliteration. <laughs> so I uh, burned my face making popcorn the other day. Amateur hour. Have you heard of that before? No, Chad would be very disappointed in you. Were you? Oh, okay, wait. It's like bar. Hold on, I kind of can picture this. Let me guess. So you had? Did you have oil? Yep. Popping in a pan? Well, that was the problem. It wasn't popping. And you so got I reached a... my head in there to see what was going on oh, with the kernels. Why are you popping? First one explodes. Just hot oil all over the face. Gotta go it didn't feel good, I'll be honest. You gotta go in with goggles next time. Yeah, I actually honestly, I'd like, like, do you see this, you see this like, dot? Dude, yeah. If that, like, went into my eyeball, like, that would just be, like, straight to urgent care type of thing. Just yeah. Be, like, turn off the actually, stove, wait. hit the car. Okay, like. guys, for, <laughs> for our listeners here, this mark is as close to Jack's eye, like, other than his eyelid, as it could possibly be without going into his eye. And it was literally just like it's like in the eye canal. It's like right on the edge. You're like, probably you're probably not familiar to like oil, like fire burns. I'm extremely thing. familiar. Yeah, yeah, so it was like one of those. Yeah, it was, it was a close call. Yeah, that's terrible. So. Yeah, though that's actually one of my areas of expertise. <laughs> just getting burned by hot oil. So like I know it's gonna go away, but it's probably gonna take a while. Like that mark's gonna be there for a while. It takes way longer than you think. I could probably show you a couple that are here from like months ago. Yeah. No, it takes like more than a month to fully go away. <laughs> yeah, I don't really care. It's not like... It's very hot. No, you can uh, Well, first of all, you can't tell. It's like in the shadow part of your eye. Now you can tell. It's like literally like right next to where your eye is. Like directly next to it. It would be like the worst place to get a pimple ever. <laughs> like you wouldn't be able to squeeze it very Okay. Well. Yeah, so... I, I'm I describing that, it for, for our loyal listeners. I don't know if that narrowed it down for anybody, <laughs> but... Uh, it's right in that fucking crease. Like... Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking popcorn to watch uh, Irishman. Did you see that yet? Uh, oh no, that's on. That, that's the one with like Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't. I've only yeah. seen like the. Well, you know how when you turn on Netflix and it just like goes into a preview before you can even scroll. Like Irishman's yeah. been that for like ever. Been. Yeah, um, but not ever. It's been like a few weeks. It was pretty sh- good. It was like fine. Like yeah, um, I kind of already. I didn't, know I didn't really have that many thoughts on it when it was over. I kind of know <laughs> what I'm gonna get out of three that. And a half hours. That was like the most like three and a half. Yeah, like honestly, like most interesting part of the movie was that it was three and a half hours. Like that's what everyone's talking about. Holy like, shit! Like not anything that happened in the movie. Mm, yeah, that's gonna be a deterrent for me because, like, even for movies that I think are good, like once I hit two hours, I'm just like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> like it doesn't matter what's going on or how good the movie is. Yeah, I didn't do it in one sitting. Um... But yeah, I mean, if there's a popcorn movie, if I've ever heard one, that is a popcorn movie. Like I had. Okay, so no regrets. No regrets on the popcorn. Uh, no regrets, but almost the big one of the biggest regrets of my life. Yeah. Right. Potentially. Uh, yeah, but okay. So for three, if you did do it all in one sitting, you would have needed even with the like the biggest bowl of popcorn ever. You still probably would have needed like another bowl of popcorn. Yeah, I, I knocked out the first like two and a half hours, and then like I watched like the last hour like the next day. Okay. So, yeah, when I went and saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in the theater, about two hours in, I was like, I gotta, I, I can't do this. <laughs> like, it's, I started just hating movies in Wait, general. Wait, how long was it? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's probably like two and a half. 
You left early? No, I didn't leave, oh, but I started okay. getting very antsy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. And then I was thinking about, like, what that meant about me and, like, modern technology and how I needed to, like... Yeah, I good. basically developed ADD, like, as a result of, like, <laughs> being in 2019. No, that's just too long. I mean, I don't know. No matter what you're doing. Yeah, um, that was my other thought. I was like, even with that. Because even if, like, you're watching, like, a three-hour football game, you, like, you can still, like, get up and do stuff, like, during it. Or you gotta Like, movie, time. you're literally just fucking in your seat. Like, this. Yeah, it. there's no, like, commercials in the movie. Like, it's, like, every second you gotta watch. Yeah. Like, Wolf of Wall Street, I felt similarly. You know, most of the Tarantino movies and, like, modern... Squ- Did Scorsese make... Irishman? Yeah. 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 Scorsese's been getting a little lax on the, the, the time. I saw uh, Wolf of Wall Street with, like, my entire family. Not a great family movie. No, not a good family movie at, at all. all. Like, really awkward. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of the longest movie I've seen in the theater. Besides, well, I guess I didn't see Irishman in the theater. Probably Wolf Pro- of Wall Street, dude. Uh, pro- no, probably, like, Return of the King. Oh, that was even longer? That yeah, was, like, I, a solid three. I think. Yeah, I definitely didn't see those in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. Is Wolf of Wall Street really that long? It's, I think it's, like, over two and a half hours. Okay, yeah. I don't know why I didn't remember that part of it. The movie moved along fine. Django, I think, is two and a half. Django felt long. When I Django felt movie. long because it should have ended, like, half an hour before it did. Yeah. Like, Django didn't really need to go back and blow it up. Like, I get it, but, like, (laughs) he was kind of, like, already victorious and then, like, went back into the danger. I was like, just go. (laughs) Let's just ride off. Like, yeah, like, we're done. Like, the whole scene at, like, the table, that was, like, the whole movie. The scene at the table was the whole fucking movie. Like, Leo, like, his hands started bleeding. Like, all right. So what's up? It's Wednesday, Uh December 11th. Yeah, so I guess the only thing that changed since last time we did this was that uh, the Wisconsin Badgers just found a way to let me down. Yeah. And they do it in, like, the most creative ways possible. Mm. Because I've been a fan of the team for long enough now where, like, I should know better. Yeah. And I do know better. Right. But then they they get you you in and then just knock you down as hard as you possibly can. Like, it makes no sense. So, like... Like, going into this game, I was like, okay, Wisconsin, we're like the eight seed, we're playing number one, but, like, Ohio State, like, is the best team in the country. Uh, they already crushed us by 40 earlier in the year. Right. I'm like, I, like obviously, we're going to get blown out. Like, big deal. Like, I got together with some friends. We are just like, all right, let's just, like, watch them lose. But then we could, like, flip it off or just hang out, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get together, just have it on. If things are sideways. So I'm, like, fully expecting, like, a 31 to 10, just like they just, like, smoke us type uh-huh. deal. But then Wisconsin just goes up fourteen nothing right away. <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, shit. Wait, this is awesome. We look so good. Go to half twenty one seven. Got it. And we're like, we're like, and it's like the Big Ten championship game halftime. So it's like forty five minutes. So for forty five minutes, we're just getting like wound up. Like, like this is so awesome. Like we could actually do this. Like, and it's like, it's like I started the game like like knowing that something like this would happen. And then I would somehow get sucked in and somehow just get knocked down. And I still just couldn't help it. Like, it's just impossible. Like, Wait, so as someone who didn't watch the games, it was 27-7. You don't have to, like, yeah. relive the excruciating details. No. But, like, so what, then, did, what was the final score? Because um, Whatever know. 7 plus 27 is. <laughs> what is that? 34-21. Yeah. Oh, so Wisconsin did not score. 27 points in the second half. Oh, but it was, like, rough. also, like, the way it happened was, like, like, the refs were, like, they were fine, I think, for most of the game, but they just had, like, two egregious misses. Uh-huh. Like, they're doing that thing where they just weren't calling holding and they weren't calling pass interference, which I actually like. 
But then the only two flags they threw, like one, I don't even remember exactly what the penalty was, but like something happened and Wisconsin or Ohio State rather got to do another third down that like shouldn't have happened at all. Mm-hmm. And then on that play that shouldn't have happened, our two best defensive players, our middle linebacker and defensive end, run into each other, double concussion, both of them out for the game. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like, who does that happen to? Like only people, only people like me who are like dumb enough to lose the Badgers. <laughs> yeah, but like your two best players went on in a double concussion <laughs> on a play that shouldn't have happened. Like, what the hell is that? That happens to. <laughs> that's actually that might be just a Wisconsin thing because that it'll like it'll be at the playoffs and the Packers are playing the Cardinals and then just like Charles Woodson got like shoved over by Larry Fitzgerald four times for three touchdowns <laughs> in the same game and no offensive pass interference was called and we were just like what the fuck? Yeah, but a double concussion? Like have you ever even heard of that? I've, no, a double concussion is worse than like anything. I've a double concussion where both players are on the same team. Yeah, same team. Normally, like, I've seen, like, one of the guys gets a concussion, but not usually both of them. Double concussion. Made no sense. (laughs) And then the other one, like, I don't know if this would have changed the entire outcome of the game, but it was, like, third and four, like, Ohio State was driving, and they're, like, lining up probably, like, the 15-yard line. Getting so close at this point, like, we're, like, trying to hold them to three, basically. So, like, to, like, either keep keep the store closed or, like, for them to barely go ahead. Uh And there's this... They line, they all, everybody lines up, and then the quarterback, like, fake hikes it. One of their wide receivers, like, clearly flinches forward, and then their right tackle also flinches. And then our defensive players do that thing where, like, they just stand up and, like, point and, like, hold still. Refs don't call the false start. They snap the ball. Our Half of our defense is just, hand, like, standing completely still. Right. And then the Ohio State guy just runs right behind the guy standing still and catches the touchdown. They just, they just missed a false start. It was just yeah, like it's I like mean, when you're losing like that, like you know, yeah, no, like aren't right. Even it's when just you know, like, what like like come on, like are you serious? That's fucking terrible. That's yeah. like okay. So speaking of weird ref shit, um, I don't even know what game it was in, but someone ran a fake punt, and they threw like like one of the gunners went deep. Like they ran like a go route. But one of the, what are the, are they all called gunners? The dudes yeah, guarding the, guys, the gunners. The guys, oh, the guys who guard the gunners? What about the defensive guys? Whatever. I don't know, whatever they're called. The dudes guarding, the, one of the dudes guarding the gunners doesn't know that the guy is now, he's running a go route, so it looks exactly the same as a punt coverage. Yeah. So the whole time, he's like pushing him and shit. You know, it's mm-hmm. pass interference, really. They didn't call pass interference. It's in the rule book. That's is, so that is in the rule that's book? It's in the rule book, yep. Okay, that's what I was curious Because then you could just throw the ball up in the air on every punt, and then, like, it would just Exactly, because it was really... I was like, wait. I, I heard... I saw somebody talking about that somewhere. I don't know if I read it or heard it on, like, podcast. No, they got that right. Good. That's well, a good no, rule. I that's felt, a really good rule. No, yeah. I felt like it was, like... I was like, wow, they didn't call it. That's, like, really good. Yeah. But I was like, but shouldn't they have called yeah, it? No, and then I was like, how could they call it? There's no way for the guy to know. I was very confused by the play. Okay, it also the just the listeners, I'll just run through some other crushing Wisconsin losses really fast. For the people who don't know what I'm talking about, this is a regular list. occurrence. Okay, I was thinking back. Uh, so, like, the, Wisconsin's in the Big Ten Championship, like, almost every year. So, I guess yeah. that would be the easier ones because we're the best team in the West and they, they do a pretty good job taking care of business. Uh, first one I can think of, we play Ohio State. Ohio State's favored on my birthday. This is like the second time. This might have been. This is like probably the second one ever. Second time we've ever been in the game. Uh, like I'm not expecting us to win, uh-huh. but I'm still like haven't been watching the Badgers that long. It's like my second or third year watching them. Uh, Wisconsin, Ohio State beats them seventy to nothing. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like, this is but that would have been better. 
That would have been better than what happened. Yeah, no, this I think thirty-one ten is in that sweet spot where you're like, all right, we expected to lose, like whatever. Seventy to nothing. That's just like you can't, you just can't have that. That's pretty sad. That was pretty egregious. On my birthday too. Uh, <laughs> there's a funny video on YouTube where it's like Wisconsin Badgers 2012 Big Ten Championship highlights, uh-huh. and they win the coin toss, and the video just ends. <laughs> so there's that one. There's one a few years after that. First year out of college, we play Penn State in the Big Ten Championship. Ohio State had a little bit of a down year. Penn State sneaks by Was that Saquon's year? That was Saquon's year. And this is like the first time we're like, holy shit, we could beat them. Right, because it's not Ohio State. Yeah, it's like, it's not Ohio State. Let's see what happens. It's my like first year out of college. So like we're gathering up all the Badger fans in Chicago. Like me, like two other people, we go to Will's, which is a bar in Lakeview. We get there at like, game's at 7.30. We get there at like 2.30 in the afternoon to get a table. (laughs) Like we just like lock it down. We literally just sit there until the game. So we have, like, the best spot in the whole place. Uh-huh. Really good spot, too. Like, have you ever been there? Anyway, they have this yeah. outdoor area that, like, they cover up with a tent and, like, put heaters in it and, like, put TVs everywhere. So it's, like, what would normally be, like, an outside patio is, like, inside. Right. And then it's not, like, you're sitting in, like, a booth. It's actually, like, a tall table mm-hmm. where, like, it's, like, bar stool. So it's, like, way more comfortable. There's, like, TVs everywhere. Got a really good spot for it. First half, same story as the Ohio State game, but we actually thought we could win this one. We go up by, like, a million and everybody's celebrating, everybody's having the time of their lives, and then Penn State just comes back and beats us in, like, the last two minutes. Devastating. Yeah. Um, actually, I don't know how many of these we should run through. Uh, the next year, Ohio State <laughs> didn't expect to win. We were winning the whole game. <laughs> right at the end. Another one where it's just like, I, I, like, I know what's going to happen. Like, I'm not falling for it. Completely fell for it. Like, halfway through the fourth quarter, just everything just goes south. It's hard not to fall. If they're putting up a fucking fight, like, you do have a chance. Yeah. Like, it's football. There was one uh, basketball one where we were, like, the eight seed uh, going into the NCAA tournament, win our first game, beat the one seed, go play an Elite Eight game against Florida. We hit a buzzer beater three to force overtime. So I'm all the way in. Like, we're, we're trying to go to the, like, final four. And then we hit a go-ahead shot with, like, Three seconds left in overtime. Against who? Florida. Okay. Uh, Florida, they just, like, chuck it to half court. Their point guard takes, like, two dribbles and does, like, a layup from, like, the three-point line. Just switches it. Game over at the buzzer. <laughs> Wisconsin eliminated. <laughs> just, just all this shit happens. I don't know. I'm going to step back. What, what, Something ahead. similar actually happened. The um, the Rockets were playing the Kings, like, two days ago. And, like, Russell Westbrook got, like, a last-second layup with, like, 1.2 seconds left to go ahead. And then they like the Kings like advanced it to half court and inbounded it to um, Bielitsa. Like they I just they yeah, chucked yeah. it to Bielitsa and Bielitsa just like confidently stepped into a thirty five footer <laughs> and like drained it for the win. He's a power forward too. Yeah, he's a monster. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I guess that was the biggest news besides burning my face with popcorn oil. It's pretty bad. So yeah, not a, not a great few days for me, I guess. <laughs> Putting it all in perspective, I felt fine, but yeah, now that I'm listing this now, shit, not a great now that we're going, now that... <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Bulls, which we couldn't resist last night. We we went to the group chat. We went to a group chat yeah. with our Bulls tits because it was just like boiling over. So it was you me. were weirdly optimistic in this whole thing. Yeah. Which I found fascinating. I, cause I was like, I guess my expectations were like rock bottom and now I see that they're like hanging with teams that I consider very good. And I was like, all right, like 
just a little little better. Like, it's not January yet. Like, you, you don't see a real NBA team until January. That's what I've learned. Okay. Like, the shit, the cards are not, like, on the table until January, unless there's, like, injuries involved. But, like, usually so it takes that So, that take long. right there might be the most optimistic thing I've heard about the Bulls all year, <laughs> which is, like, oh, like, well, let's just wait till January. Like, I don't even know what that means. But... I mean, I don't even know what our record is right now, and but I think, like, even if we just tank until January, like, we're still going to be able to get into the playoffs, because that's how bad most of the East is. Okay, so what do you like about our team, what do you not like about our team? What I like about our team is everyone seems to be a gamer. That's the first thing I noticed. Like, first in the overtime game, and then in the game after. So the Bulls played a back-to-back um, Sunday-Monday. First game was against the Miami Heat in Miami, and it went to overtime. The Heat are very good. I've been watching mm-hmm. them because, I, you know, they're kind of just good and fun they're to deep. watch. They're so deep. A lot of good players on that team, and they're not easy to beat. And they're, like, led by Jimmy. Like, Jimmy's hard-nosed. They're playing defense. They don't suck. There's not really not much bad about the Heat. So they're a good barometer like, I want the Bulls to be, like, a half step below the Heat. That's, like, as optimistic as I'm going to get. Like, if the Bulls are the five seed and I have to play the Heat in, like, the playoffs as a four seed and it's the four or five matchup, like, we're probably going to take that to seven games. And that's, I don't think we're going to get a bunch of, but yeah, keep going. That's, that's, like, as optimistic as I'm getting. But it'll be entertaining. So the Bulls were competing with a lot of good competitors on the opposing team. And, like, sh- first of all, that game shouldn't have gone to overtime. They, the Bulls should have just won in regulation. They had all the momentum, and they fucked up. That seems to be a pattern this year. And then in overtime, they kept, like, stopping Jimmy. Like, Jimmy would do a shitty ISO, and he'd, like, brick. He was, like, shooting line drives in various forms at the rim. And he, they kept getting... There was two possessions in a row where if the Bulls just got the offensive rebound, like, the game was over. And they kept, like, not getting the offensive rebound. And there was two possessions in a row where... Somehow the ball ended up, like, Chris Dunn would just, like, leave Tyler Harrow, like, standing on the three-point line wide open, and that was, like, how we lost. Like, Tyler Harrow hit two wide open from the top of the key threes, which he's obviously capable of doing, and that was the difference in the game. Um, But we go, we seem to be, like, leading, we, like, we'll build leads where, like, we'll be up by 12 in the second quarter, and it's, like, when that's happening, like, when we're firing... The team looks good, you know? It seems like everyone knows their role. Like, they're listening to... The coaching's stupid, but they are listening to the coach, other than maybe Zach. Like, Chris Dunn kind of just is, like, driving only, except for last game for some reason. Like, people seem to know their roles and play them well. Yeah, it's weird how much they listen to the coach for how obvious this offensive scheme doesn't work and isn't going to work. Yeah. Because that's the part that's been driving me insane with the Bulls, and it's making them, like, not fun for me to watch, is they're running this, like, weird, like, equal opportunity, like, five-wide offense, like, yeah. five-wide offense, where everybody's the three-point line, but, like, everybody's supposed to, like, get the same amount of shots somehow, which is completely counterintuitive, because the only teams you've seen who run successful five-wide offenses have been, like, the Rockets and, like, LeBron and Cleveland, where you just have one dominant guy who could beat this guy every single time and then distribute or score if, depending on how the defense reacts to it. Exactly. We don't have anybody like that. Yeah. And then on top of that, when the, the Cavs and the Rockets were doing that five-wide stuff, it wasn't equal opportunity. It was you had to have your guy, you had to have everybody set up around him, and then you go from there. Like, right. this equal opportunity shit makes no sense because nobody's cutting and no one's moving. So when you're just whipping the ball around the three-point line, like, 
nobody's moving, nobody's open, and the defense doesn't have to do anything. They just stand there. It's yeah. like a it's like a college offense versus zone, like a shitty college offense versus zone, where it's just like everyone's we're five wide, and it's like okay, cool, shoot it, and we're like, well, we're not gonna make it when we shoot it. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're not gonna make it. We're not open. Like nobody's moving. Like even if you beat your guy, you're not allowed to shoot in the mid range apparently. Which is yeah, we there's like about. a there's definitely a mandate coming down from up high. No mid range shots, right? And it's is, like firm and it applies to everybody. It's and it's stupid and it's insane because teams also now just like know this, right? So even if you get around your guy and you're in the mid range, like you see these guys like wanting to pull up, like they lift their head up and then like they like like instinctually, and then like their brain takes over, like no, I'll get yelled at for taking the shot. Like put their head back down and then just throw it to the three point line to somebody's not open. Yeah, and then the rhythm's and it's off. It's pointless because like you and the shot clock's gone. Like yeah. yeah, like there's no sense of rhythm for a lot of those decisions. One thing I will, another reason I'm optimistic, the uh, defensive rotations are kind of on point. I like our. De- I actually do don't mind our defense. Yeah, which is like kind of like long term. It's a little more important for that to be tight because like. You can have a chance against any team if you're hold if you're playing good defense, and then you can just hope like the shots are going in. Like that's what we have to do. Where we don't have a consistent offensive creator, so it's like maybe Zach's threes are will go in, maybe Laurie will figure it out. But like if the defense is good, if we've shown that we can stay in games that way, which is at least like entertaining. Oh yeah, as, as a, a fan. fan, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. You want. I'm yeah. like as long as yeah. the game's kind of close, like we're not getting blown out. So that's like really my only barometer at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I just hate our offense so much. Like, I, it's just like there's just so many, just so many threes. And I guess that's kind of what the NBA is now. It's like whoever wins the three point line wins the game. Yeah, and it's like kind of getting in, not as fun to watch because of that yeah. in certain ways. But we could talk about that at a different time. Some guys are. I've noticed some teams are adjusting. Like, um, who was I watching yesterday? The okay, the Denver Nuggets not afraid to take mid range shots at all. Right. They're they're like yep yep this one this is the open shot they look more for like the open shot than for like the three or nothing mm-hmm. like they're not playing that way, um, but they're the only team I can name off the top of my head I guess oh the uh, well not even the whole Raptors team just Siakam seems willing to take mid range shots but we have a guy like designed to take fadeaway mid range shots Lori. Like, he's literally designed to dominate from the mid-range. The first just, game like, of the year, he had, like, 30-something and, like, 17. Uh-huh. And he did all of his damage from the mid-range. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is this going to be our team? I was so excited on opening night. I was yeah. like, this is so cool. He has not been back there since. Like, he definitely no. just got yelled at in the film study the next day. Yeah, and now and, he, like, chills in the corner and um, does nothing and misses layups. That was something I said in my group text. Like, Lori is my favorite player on the Bulls. He needs to be called out right now. He is yeah. playing so bad. And, like, I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know if it's, like, a mental thing. I don't know if he doesn't like what's going on with the coaching. Yeah. But, like, all he does is, like, just catch and shoot threes. And I guess it's not his fault, but, like, he's not that good at it. Like, he needs to be he, dribbling around and creating. And, like, right. he's not allowed to. And, and it's his, really clear he's not allowed to. Yeah. There, there's a scheme issue. There's a personality. Like, I don't think he – I think he defers to Zach because Zach just asserts himself so much, even though he doesn't deserve to. And everyone else is like, all right. Yeah, that's also a problem with Lori, too, is that, like, if, his, if that's his mentality, like, I don't think he's going to be as good as we thought, like, a year ago. Right, that's kind of on Lori more and so. Uh, like, I don't blame I've actually, Zach. like, revised down for Lori, like, a lot. Like, now I just hope he's going to be a rotational guy. Yeah, hopefully he's, he's been a little bit. Is that too harsh? Guy. No. No, that is a little too harsh. Like, I think he, 
again January. Like if he if this is still what's happening in January, I will completely agree with you. Yeah, but like, like I don't think he's. I like I thought going into the year like maybe not this year, but like he could turn into an all star. Like there's like a path. Right. I don't see that. A lot path of people did. I don't see that path at all. Anymore. The path is he goes back to the mid range. And is our he's the guy who can draw a double team and like make that's that should be the offense like Laurie draw a double like we've seen it like Dirk did this like people have done this Kevin Durant like he's yeah. obviously not going to be that good so what Laurie's allowed to do is shoot threes or shoot at the rim so like yeah it's like his whole game though is like if he's beats this guy like he's only allowed to go all the way to the rim now which, which is like, isn't even part of his game which like isn't part of his game but like. If he had a good mid-range game going, then he could sneak one by and, like, get exactly. to the... Exactly. But now he's just, like, plowing into, like, centers, just, like, with his head down, and that just doesn't work. Yeah. But they're ignoring the mid-range game. Another guy who could benefit from the mid-range game is Chris Dunn. Because yep. that guy clearly can't shoot, but, yeah, like... Yeah, he shoots so many... Who, who, it's him and, like, Thad Young. Like, I've seen uh, way too many corner threes out of those two guys. Like, I like and, that, like, you could tell, like, they're being encouraged to do it, and that's the frustrating part. Yeah, they're not, like, Thad Young doesn't hesitate and has just, like, a janky-ass shot. And, like, an unlimited green light. Yeah. And, like, you know when they come back to the huddle, like, they're going to, like, tap them back. Yeah, like, keep sure, shooting, like, keep, keep shooting. Keep doing that, keep doing And, like, the defense like, is literally, like, letting them. They're like, yeah, please. Like, this is our game plan is to let you shoot this corner three. Yeah. We don't care if it's a foot shorter. You're not making this. Like, you're going to hit one out of six, and we're going to win because of that. Or, like, maybe two yeah. out of six. You Another know? guy, he might not benefit from this too much, but just, like, well, but he won't benefit from shooting the mid-range shots, but he would benefit from the defense having to respect them. Is also Sato, because like Sato yeah. will kind of beat his guy with like a like a little lame crossover, not like fully beat him, like get behind him, but like kind of do it, and then he'll get to the mid-range not to what to do, just do a one eighty-three like pass back to the three-point <laughs> yeah. line. And if I have to see one more of those goddamn one eighty passes that like literally accomplish nothing, like I would have like I'm already losing my mind. I hate. I those. can't keep watching that. Like, especially from Sato. For some reason, Sato does it. It's so much worse because you know he didn't actually beat his guy. He just, like, sort of dribbled right. around for, like, five seconds and just threw it back. The, and it's so predictable. <laughs> like, it's so... Oh, my goodness. The worst version of this is not on the Bulls. I played myself, too. I pumped up Sato in our pre-game our preseason <laughs> talk. We're like, oh, Sato. Like, what a good addition. Like, he is literally the worst starting point guard in the entire NBA. Sato... And I don't know why we thought it would be any different than that. He'd be fine, like, if... Like, not fine, but, like, with the mid-range. Like, it wouldn't be a big deal. I think our best lineup was our closing lineup against the Heat. Uh, Sato was not involved. That's why I'm bringing it up. (laughs) (laughs) The lineup was Zach, Chris Dunn, and uh, Kobe were, like, the three guards Uh, or whatever. I've seen that in games where it didn't work. (laughs) It only works when Kobe's playing good defense. So that's just kind of, like, I don't know. Yeah. And then Lori and Wendell. Uh, One other note I have... R.E. Wendell is Gafford just sort of looks better than him. Like, I'd kind of rather have Gafford out there, though I know he's not as skilled. Yeah, no, Gafford's fun. Like, Gafford's I, like, fucking he's, great. He's a guy who's easy to root for, too. Because yeah. a lot of guys who we just said aren't that easy to root for. But he's uh, like, he's a guy, like, if he's, like, getting blocks and rebounds, like, that's just yeah. that's awesome. It's like, oh, that Gafford, energy. awesome. He's, like, a rookie. Yeah, second He's got, like, decent guy. touch when he's not dunking it, too. Oh, that's actually a main reason I'm optimistic. Our second unit, our bench is good. Like, when we have mm-hmm. Valentine, Gafford... Kobe, Thad Young is a good for, like, against bench units. And then, uh, I mean, I guess Sato is the other guy. Yeah, it's not like a good Sato bench. would be the other guy if Otto Porter. We usually have to run one guy with those four. Yeah, it's not like starters. a good bench or, like, great bench. It's just, like, think about the benches we've been trotting out during our tanks. 
Like, yeah, those I, maybe like, that's what it is. It's like those branches are like actively <laughs> bad. Like those branches were specifically chosen to lose games for our team. Uh-huh. And like we don't have one of those right now, and it's like Vic's just watching the Bulls. A lot I think that's all it is. Yeah. You're right. That it's just comparing it to past benches. I'm like, oh, we can like score like once every ten possessions. Like this is so much better. Yeah, it's like our bench isn't at like literally trying to lose this game. It's like literally handpicked to lose this game. <laughs> Like, the G League, we had a G League bench, uh, like, straight one, up. One note I thought was interesting, this was a few weeks ago, and they have been playing a little bit better since then. Casey Johnson went off on management in an article he wrote. Oh, and like, he usually are, doesn't are you do that. Casey Johnson guy? I love Casey. Only, I don't, like, dislike or like him. I think, I just think of him as, like, um, like a hired hand by management, so that's why I'm surprised to hear he went against management. Yeah, he's my favorite beat reporter. So, like, all the beat reporters are basically, like, hired hands. Like, Jesse Rogers is kind of the same. Like, he's just a cheerleader. Uh-huh. But, like, he also just gets good insight and, like, gets good info out of the people he interviews. Yeah. So that's why I like Casey. Uh-huh. Um, but he went off on management, which is a big deal for him. That's a huge deal. Because he toes that company line. Like, that's what he gets criticized for most is, like, just kind of towing the line. Yeah. And, like, it, that's what gets him access Right. And then he could kind of filter it back to you, or like he could tell you the team sucks, but in a way that like he's not actually saying the team sucks. Like in a really in a PR it. way, yeah. like as a press secretary almost. No, not even like he has like his own little way. Like you could t- if you follow Casey enough, like you could tell like <laughs> when he's like not saying something negative, but he is. Uh-huh. He's I think he's really good. Anyway, he just like explicitly just wrote this huge thing about how much like it's just a like how what they tried is not working and it's just a mess. And I was like, yes, Casey. Like, can you summarize it for me? Uh, I could try to find the article. I mean, it just basically said, like, well, who was he attacking sense. exactly? Uh, Garpax? The front, yeah, the front office. And he was like, the team we put together doesn't, like, make sense? Uh, I don't even know how I'd find this. This is from a few weeks ago. Is Casey yeah. Johnson, like. He's just basically, like, three years into this rebuild, like, this isn't working. I mean, it's not really like. I don't even Does he work for like the Tribune or the Sun Times, or is he just kind of like? Um, what he is just he switched jobs to like, I think it's NBC Sports now. Okay. And then part of him switching jobs is getting more access to the team. Oh. And then so that's what even made it more significant is like he's like I can't not say this like yeah this would just be dishonest for me not just like calling everybody out right now. Wow. Um, I'm not gonna be able to find it. That was just that's me. fine. Yeah. I don't know. It would have been cool if, like, uh, Lori and Wendell... I guess this could still happen. If Lori and Wendell and uh, Kobe all got really good and then we could call them the Lucky Sevens, that would be kind of dope. Yeah. That would be dope. That would be dope. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about Boyle a little bit. Because as much as I just said I hate uh, his schemes, I love his press conferences every single time. I can't get enough of them. I think they're so funny. That's kind of all I give a shit about from the coach. <laughs> I think he's so dumb, but, like, so funny. And, like... So many times he says stuff where it's like this like inspirational like speech where it's just like it's almost like you're not wrong, but like I also know like you actually don't know how to coach a basketball team. Yeah. Um He would be a good coach. He was talking coach. about how he got inspired, because uh, like the Blackhawks and Bulls share some facilities or something. Uh-huh. Like he went to a Blackhawks practice and was inspired by the Blackhawks uh no pucks in defensive approach. It was like teaching the Bulls like no pucks in type thing, but like on a basketball. But like no court. basket no like no <laughs> Wait, no pucks in? What does that mean? Like on hockey, where like you just like wall off with like your stick and like oh. you just don't let it get around you. Oh, he was like trying to like bring that into like his basketball practice. It was like giving like, a long discussion about it. It was so serious. And I was like, I love you so much. You're so dumb. That's like what the uh, Raptors. That's the Raptors defense. No puck. They everyone on the Raptors is six ten and just sticks their arms out and it's just like, all right, go. Did, score you, see, uh, did you see him get that technical after the double technical? Yeah. The other night, where the two guys got in each other's faces, they teed them both up, they were separated, and then, like, 
well after the whole thing seemed to be diffused, he just runs out to center court to like get in between the guys. Like, the guys are already separated. Has no understanding. Just gets of teed up immediately. Like they're shooting free throws. Like it's just like you have no understanding of what's happening. He has no understanding of pace or anything. Um, yeah, the um, whatever the fuck the I was watching the Nuggets Sixers game yesterday. Who are the fuck of the Nuggets coaches? Mike Malone like had a very very well timed tantrum technical and like. Right after that, the uh, the Nuggets went on like a 35-17 run and got back into the game. I was like, good job, Mike Malone. That was good shit. Okay, so like this, this is also just like an I Love the Internet. I saw this comment on Twitter. Talking about Boylan. Uh, it's like if the Bulls tried to clone Thibs but messed up somewhere in the process and ended up with a learning handicap version of him and Jim Boylan. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. That's literally exactly what happened. Um, I don't do anything else because I'm just going to leave you with a scorching hot take at the end. If you're ready for it. If you got more, right? Are you bulls? Wait, let me see. Uh, no, just Gafford is... Oh, one th- Gafford might take over Wendell's spot. Also, could Gafford and Wendell play together? They could, maybe, if uh, Wendell was, like, 60% from the mid-range. Um, which he probably is, if you just don't know. And he just doesn't um, fucking shoot. Yeah. Another guy who could shoot from the mid-range. Um, so, just really quick on Wendell. I really like Wendell a lot. Yeah. He gets annihilated on the defensive glass. Yeah. Like, he is not big enough to be the only big guy out there when we're going, like... Yeah, he's not, like, the... Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, I really wish he was, like, two inches taller. <laughs> right. I like, think... really, really wish. Yeah, he can't really get thicker Because I don't even know what position he's going to ultimately be playing. Like, power? Like, That's what I'm saying. Like, like, I don't you... even know, like, where he belongs. But if you play power... Like, I think in the modern NBA, if you're playing power forward, you have to be able to hit a three. You have to. Yeah. Wendell actually he kind of could shoot the three. He could shoot fine in college. That was like one of his strengths in like those videos. Is like when he's wide open from straight away, like he'll knock it down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we, I remember last year. Last year he would occasionally hit like an, a twenty footer, and it looked okay. But like losing, re- like on the, like the like in the rebounding department, that is like one of the most frustrating ways to lose. Yeah, and I think Gafford could like control the boards. Yeah, he especially Gafford Wendell. Yeah. with Wendell. Or but then Laurie would have to be gone. Or play small forward, which is not happening. No, I don't know. That's that's just another thing they got to think about. Otto Porter is basically out forever. Hopefully, he's just never comes back. I don't know if he's an expiring contract yet, but I have no interest in Otto Porter. Yeah, like, he, just uh, he, this is his last year. Get him out of here. He's too skinny anyway. I think he's either got one or two left. That's it. So, what's the hot take? Um, I just want to check Otto Porter's contract. I have, um, oh yeah, so just... Oh, the hot take's coming, don't worry, just stay on the edge of your seats, guys. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Otto's making $27 million this year, I know that. Yeah, he's a max contract guy. Uh, that was a terrible contract. Uh, he has one more year, and uh, then he's unrestricted. That sucks. Yeah, they better not, they're not going to, he's not good. I mean, hopefully he comes back and plays well, but... Okay, it's also, now I've been hyping up the hot take too much, this makes no sense, but uh, <laughs> I just wrote this down one day. Uh, should the Bulls try to swing a trade for Westbrook? Answer is yes. I don't know if we have enough salary on our whole team to match it, but well, here's the problem. I think I wrote that. that. I think I wrote that down. And I'm like, oh no, well, Porter, I thought Porter might come back at some point, uh-huh. but Porter oh. kind of fits what the Rockets know how to do. Oh, Porter can That's definitely a lot of be contracts. part of that trade. Yeah. Who do we have any other shooters we could throw in there? They like shooting. They love shooters. Um, Chris they, Dunn. We could throw. They probably would need Chris Dunn at some point in the playoffs. They could probably. They would like Chris Dunn actually because he could be like Marcus Smart for them. Like the or PJ Tucker. Uh, yeah, Marcus. He would Smart, be like, like guard like, PJ Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. I thought PJ Tucker was on the Rockets. Oh, no, no, he would be the guard version of PJ yeah, yeah, yeah. Tucker on the Rockets. So yeah. you get Otto, you get. 
This is also assuming that like somehow this Westbrook thing goes south, which it hasn't yet. No, um, actually, he's out there on the upswing now. He's playing great. <laughs> yeah. like, so that's not gonna happen. I wrote that a few weeks ago. Things were yeah, no, different. Yeah, no, I think since you thought of that, like Westbrook just said they started to make it work. Because <laughs> yeah. like all of a sudden, I was looking at the stats and like Westbrook just is like the third best fantasy player and go and go and rising already. <laughs> and I'm just like yes. Okay, that's all I had on the Bulls. That was um, kind of sad. Quick one, quick one, just because you were talking about passing it out to the three-point line. The worst person in the league to, that does that, that the person who does it the most, and it's the Sarah most annoying. <laughs> no, even more, Ben Simmons. He oh, doesn't yeah. even look at the fucking rim. Like, he, he'll he drive all the way to the block and then throw it to someone, and they'll just be like, why did you pass it to me? Like, there's six seconds on the shot clock, and my guy is right on me. Like, and now I'm trapped in the corner. And like He does that, like, ten times a game. Yeah, Simmons is weird. They need to get... The Sixers are terrible to watch. Like, they're all fucked up. Um, okay, cool. So, what did you think of that episode of I Love Money? Oh. Episode two. Um, so, I thought a lot about our I Love Money segment and what we're going to do with it. I was really obsessed with trying to keep it short in our last pod. You know, and I because like I didn't think our listeners might not be that interested, and I want to. But you know what? This is our podcast. Fuck it, we can make this as long as we want. I love, I love money. <laughs> There's not gonna be no two, three minute time frame here. Whatever no. you want to talk about. What do you, what do you got? Oh my god. So I guess let's explain the challenge for today. Okay. So the challenge. Do you want to explain it? You want me to explain it? You go ahead. You go okay. ahead. So the challenge they created like this high ropes course type thing, like over water, a platform, where it's like a platform that's like suspended. And it was a bed with sheets on Over it. Over water. But it wasn't just a platform. For some reason, they made it a bed? No, the, the reason. They told us the reason, actually. Uh, it was in honor of a fight that took place in a previous VH1 show of, like, two girls that got in a fight on a bed. On a bed. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So they got inspired by previous <laughs> contestants. And so it's, like, it's really high in here. It's got to be a solid, like, 15, 20 feet 20 like, above feet. the water. I would say 20. I would say, to, I would say 15 conservatively, not to, like, but, like, I think it was, like, 20. It was high. It was really high. So the whole point was you could, each team got, like, two, like, foam stick things. Yeah, like, double-sided, you know, the typical, like, Like, what, what shows that? Like, the, uh, there's a bunch of shows you kind of see that. Variations of the same competition even if you're at like a state fair or something they'll have like it's like a double-sided tooth blow up toothpick and they have helmets on yeah and then you try to knock the person off yeah the platform or like tightrope or balance beam or whatever you're standing on like into off the side right in right. the water so in this case it was the bed which was also colla- collapsed after a certain point to make it narrower yeah so then so it starts off as like the size of a bed so it's like really really wide bigger like, like a, it was like a big bed big platform but then, like, other than, like, the middle, like, seven feet or so? Yeah. Like, the other sides, like, eventually, like, they'll, like, collapse down. So if you go too far to the edge, you could just collapse at any moment and you're falling in the water. Uh-huh. So both people are trying to stay, like, right in the middle. Uh, so they so they do that. A uh, huge advantage to the all-guy team. Huge advantage <laughs> to the all-guy team. <laughs> like, this one, the strategy paid off in this challenge because it was just, like, dudes whacking chicks yeah <laughs> like, like the guy team were just throwing the biggest dudes up there and they're just whacking the women off of it and, and they were like five deep and then like the the other teams has two guys and then by the third one to be fair to the the ladies okay what, the were your, what were your favorite matchups i had two that really jumped out um my favorite matchup well my favorite matchup we both probably had the same favorite matchup my second favorite matchup was um it was hoops versus real, 
And Real was very conflicted and was like, I kind of like this girl, and I've like never had to hit a girl, and he like couldn't figure out how to like fight fair, like taking his morality into account, and he just ended up getting his ass beat by Hoops because <laughs> a, a Hoops is just as strong as him, and B he was like thinking too much, and Hoops just like beat his ass. And he wasn't like, oh, I wasn't trying to like hit one. He also just like has a crush on Hoops. So yeah, my second hoops. favorite one was actually different. It was uh, the two cigarette smokers who went up there at the same time. Oh my god, I forgot about those. <laughs> <laughs> so those two guys who just run out of gas like, like <laughs> quicker than really, anybody else. <laughs> like ninety seconds into like hitting each other, they both just start coughing. They both have coughing fits, and it was like a yawn where like one of them started coughing, and then the other one started coughing, and they couldn't stop coughing. And we're sitting here watching it, we're like, what the hell is going on? And then they do little cutscenes of them just like smoking cigarettes, like like casually at the house. <laughs> so they're all just they can't even like lift their sticks up anymore to each other. They're just like collapsed over, just like coughing, like, like on their them, knees, like like like. Right like five feet from each other just caught like, I'm pretty sure one of them just tossed their stick off yeah like, they, they acted like it just like fell off I'm pretty sure the guy just tossed it and gave up and then the best one was uh so it, it somehow it was best of five it somehow went 2-2 two, 1-2-2 two. Two, two. stars aligned the final two people up there were Mr. Boston our favorite contestant in and, the show and Nibbles and this dominatrix she's Mr. literally a dominatrix so, so they both go up there and they're doing like little confessionals. And Mr. Boston's like, he's like, I'm gonna get my ass kicked. Like, I, I'm a weakling. Like, I don't. That's just what's gonna happen. Which is weird for Mr. Boston to say because he's like irrational confidence is like his whole right thing. And he's like kind of tall, you know. Yeah, like he's not like a little pipsqueak. No, not at all. He's not strong, but he's not. He's you he know. He doesn't look weak. Yeah, and he's like six foot three. Or right, probably like six foot. He should have won based only on reach because he was facing a woman who yeah. is tall. And athletic and a dominatrix. Yeah, so she's like, I'm gonna whip the shit out of Mr. Boston. Like, I've been wanting to do this since we started. Yeah, Nibbles is like, I'm gonna beat his ass. This isn't even gonna be close. And then on top of that, he was like, she was like, I destroy like rich white boys like for a living. Like, I am a dominatrix. (laughs) So they both go up there. And they they start the like the contest. Boston's just not doing anything because he's just afraid of getting hit, and he's just standing there. But the dominatrix lady also doesn't do anything, but in like a different way. She's like. She's trying to, like, Jedi mind trick him. Like, she's just standing there, like... She's trying to lock eyes with Mr. Boston (laughs) and just, like, mentally fuck the shit out of him. Or not fuck, but, like, mess him up. Like, psych him out. And she's, like, explaining this in her confessional. Yeah, Um, it made no sense. It was really funny. And uh, she was trying to lull him to sleep. not doing anything, but, like, she had, like, her... She didn't even, like, have, like, her weapon or whatever. No, she's just, like, hand, arms down... Just pure just, facial expression was her only attack. Like she's like she was like like legitimately trying to knock him off the platform like with only her eyeballs. Yeah. And boss is just standing there, doesn't really know what to do. Eventually, just takes the biggest swing, just hits her in the side of the head, and she goes flying <laughs> off the platform. Never even reacts. Just, just strikes her down. It was like the only clean strike of the of like any contestant. Like he was the only one that landed a clean strike in the whole battle. Not just his battle, the like whole event. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> was Mr. Boston saves one. the day. His team moves on. Uh, nothing really happened after that. That was worth note. I don't think like they just no. kind of eliminated somebody and that was it. Yeah. Um, so this might end us just be us talking about the challenge. Just that's by far the most interesting point. Um, um, okay, I did want to mention Chance. Like literally got eliminated for the first challenge for not taking off his durag. First shot of this ep- of episode two. Shaved head, no do rag. So <laughs> yeah, she got a haircut. Between the- 
Credit, so credit to Chance for becoming a fucking gamer. Really? Quick topics first. Let's do. Okay, oh, let's, quick this was really quick. This was really quick. I got, I got quick ones too. This is like a. We're neither of us are allowed to spend more than thirty seconds on this new uh, segment I created. Fantasy basketball appreciation station. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Luka Doncic is the best fantasy basketball player. Okay, that's yours. Mine, Bam out of bio. I got him in the ninth round, and this guy just aver- he's a center and averages like five assists a game and it makes no sense he got a triple double yesterday his last three scores were 91 75 65 he can dribble like draymond green and dunk like dwight howard and has a decent mid-range stroke also shout out gordon hayward coming back like three weeks earlier than you were projected to uh picked his ass up and he's already playing beautiful and whoa wait so that's weird because the celtics actually have been doing really well and could really use a guy like Gordon Hayward. So got 35 and a half in his first game back. Team to watch. <laughs> Getting his legs fresh. Okay, I got another quick one. Did you see that they're uh they're like rebuilding the Titanic? What? No. They're like gonna like build like a replica? Yeah, to like, like for a museum? They're gonna like complete the journey. No, they're like They're gonna complete the journey? <laughs> That's what they're gonna have. They're gonna be going and there's gonna be no iceberg. <laughs> They're like, oh, finally, we destroyed the yeah. icebergs. Like, we can be safe up here now. <laughs> I just thought that was, like, the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. Wait, like, why would they like what do you think is going to happen? Like, obviously, this is going to fucking sink. Do they think it's, it's like, going to be, like, like, do they think it's, like, a curse? Who were the people on the, were they British? I don't know. Somebody told me this. Somebody Google this really fast. Like, who the fuck was on the Titanic? It was, like, a bunch of, like, obviously, it was, like, it was, like a cruise ship, right? I don't even know. What is this like? Are they trying to do some kind of like spiritual redemption story? Like this makes no fucking sense. I don't know. Somebody told it to me in passing. Hang on. Titanic replicas to set sail in 2022 will follow original ship's doomed route. Doomed route? Okay, wait. Does it have a little like starting okay. and end point? Here? I, guess we'll do, I guess we're doing a reading now. What was the route? <laughs> uh, I think it was just New York to <laughs> somewhere over in Europe. To Iceland? I, I don't even know. Where did this start? It doesn't say in there. You should know this. Okay, here we go. I'll just, re- I'll just do the whole reading. Sure. <clears throat> okay, hopefully this one's stocked with enough lifeboats. A massive functional replica of the ill-fated 1912 luxury liner Titanic, whose maiden voyage sinking inspired the blockbuster flick starring Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Is that really what's important here? Is all the people died. That wasn't the- okay, anyway. Will set along its original route with thousands of passengers, according to a report on Tuesday. The $500 million vessel, dubbed Titanic 2, features the original cabin layout and will sail from Dubai to Southampton, England, and then on to New York in 2022. This seems like it's such a bad idea. Like, I think one Titanic going down was enough. Are we really going to tempt the universe with another one? Who's willing to get on that boat? I I wouldn't take any amount of money to get on that boat. Uh, So the ship will carry 2,400 passengers, nearly the same as the original, Along with 900 crew members. This, this, this seems <laughs> inevitable. Like, this is just totally this inevitable. Going down. And you know what? I'm going to cheer when it goes down. Yeah, I'm going to be really happy about because it. Because now that with modern technology, I don't think anybody would actually die. Right. I right, just want right, this fucking right. boat to sink so bad. I want, it, I want, I want the ocean to find a way. <laughs> uh, the replica is being built in China rather than the original shipyard in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Okay, then it doesn't count. What the fuck? It's got to happen in Belfast. <laughs> Also, I mean, when you think of, like, things that are made in China, you usually think lower quality, right? Yeah, again. <laughs> this is just going to be an opportunity for China to sabotage. <laughs> this is the worst idea ever. <laughs> okay, so this weirdly reminds me of um, 
some recent sad news. Uh, you know how Juice Juice World died. I saw that. Never heard of him in my life before. Okay, so Juice World died. Juice World has a uh, one of his in one of his songs. There's a weird part where like it's like in the song on purpose. Like it glitches out a little bit, and <laughs> there was a um, there was a trend on TikTok like a month ago in October, or I guess over a month ago. It was in October. There was a trend on TikTok for people to like be filming themselves during that song. And then when the weird distorted part came on, they would like pretend to have a seizure. Wait, this was before he died? This was in, yeah, this was in October. And they would like pretend to have a seizure. And this was like a trend. Like there's like thousands of videos of this. And it's really fucking weird. And I think like the Titanic is also going to go down for similar universe reasons. I feel like you got to like delete your, if you have a TikTok account with one of those, you got to delete that right away. You got to delete that immediately. Like you literally participated in witchcraft. Like I think I wouldn't take any chances in that regard. It's really scary. Okay, do you want to do another reading? Yes. Uh, Why not? Sweet. So this uh, this reading is actually just more of a, just an absolute uh, take quake uh, from 1939. A 1939 reading. 1939 reading. We're going weird, back. Weird year. Um, so this this the article is called Garrick Day is a Goofy Business. Okay. Written by Jack Cuddy. Okay. All right, I'm going to start. So this is July 3rd, uh, 1939. So there's only one thing I see wrong about tomorrow's celebration of 4th of July, and that's the national shedding of tears of a husky man named Lou Gehrig. We'll be climax with a Lou Gehrig Appreciation Day during tomorrow's doubleheader between the Yanks and Washington at Yankee Stadium. The playwrights for this Gehrig business at the stadium are making the affair so touching. I understand that even the little boys and gals of our vast line will be unable to set off firecrackers and things because of the tears that trickle down upon their matches and punks. This is kind of hard to read because the language is a little bit different, but <laughs> stick with it. The whole business seems goofy and uncalled for to me. I see no reason for pulling a Paul over a holiday when everybody should be having lots of fun with peanuts, popcorn, Cracker Jacks, and hot dogs. Particularly, I see no reason for pulling this Yankees publicity stunt about Gehrig, who is the last man in the world who would go for it unless the Yankees brass hats and New York baseball writers... Uh, snaffled and forced him into it. Gehrig knows, and so should everyone else connected with baseball, that the 36-year-old first baseman of the Yanks was through with top-flight play and just as soon as he showed up at Yanks training camp at St. Pete's. But because Lou was the iron horse, the man who had written into the records of the all-time mark of 2,130 consecutive championship games, his fade-out had to be different from the ordinary player. Accordingly, Garrick was sent at, to a nationally known center of health investigation to see what was wrong with him. I'll guarantee that if 90% of men, women, and children in America were sent to this particular spot, we would learn that each and all of them had something wrong with them. <laughs> so let's take a time out before we keep going. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay, so that I didn't read that very well, but so hopefully everybody understands what's happening here. This guy is pissed that people are, like, mourning Lou Gehrig's disease. Like, this guy's just anti-Lou Gehrig sympathy. He's like, it's 4th of July! Why are we interrupting? And he's also calling out the validity of the diagnosis, which is some next-level shit. Yeah. So let's back up. So I guess, to be fair, like, Lou Gehrig dubbed, like, Lou Gehrig's disease. Like, nobody knew what it was before this. 
Okay. So, like, that people didn't fair. really understand fair it. point. They think he basically did make up a disease, and this guy's, like, making up fucking diseases for for attention. Yeah, so this guy's, like, like, oh, they just thought, because, like, he's a declining baseball player, and he has to go more gracefully. He has to go out as a legend. They're just declining, like, former Iron Man. I'm sick of this narrative. <laughs> it's 4th of July. Keep your tears out of my stadium. Yeah, so they just sent him to some, like, quote-unquote, a health investigation, I'm and sure. they come up with this new disease. Yeah, sure. <laughs> totally real. I'm not buying it, guys. <laughs> that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Okay, so we're going to skip like two paragraphs. Uh, personally, I don't care what Garrick has got, but I'd like to exchange my body for his during the next 40 or 50 years, let's say. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'd do all right. Regardless of the expert's argument over these so-called Latin and Greek words about what Lou may or may not have. It seems to me that Gehrig merely was getting too old to play hell for leather baseball, and that's and that the scientists of ailments are advertising gave him a graceful exit. Oh my god. Oh, let me see if there's any more worth reading here. This is crazy on so many levels, because he's like anti-Lou Gehrig, anti-Yankees, anti-doctors, <laughs> anti-MLB. He's like, he's like, fucking doctors in their Latin and Greek words. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> How is that being said in the 20th century? Oh, uh, this is a great... Okay, let me pick up the reading. All right, so we're going to skip a couple paragraphs. Uh, this next one is called Too Old to Play. So Gehrig, too old for championship baseball, will be out there tomorrow with his mysterious ailment, able to get about as actively as anybody of his piano-like build should be at 36. But poor Monty Stratton is hobbling around the coach's box for the Chicago White Sox with an artificial leg clicking about where his own right leg should be. There's no question about what happened to Stratton. He shot himself in the leg accidentally while hunting down in Texas way last November, and that right leg had to be amputated at the knee. At the time of the accident happened, Stratton stood out as one of the best right-handed flingers in the American League. They gave him a Stratton day in Chicago this season, and he got about twenty grand out of it, about the same as his salary for the year. Garrick has been named non-playing captain for the All-Star Interleague game at Yankee Stadium a week from Tuesday, along with tomorrow's Garrick Day. But it seems to me that poor Monty Stratton could have been appointed batting practice pitcher, at least for the All-Star game. And if we got to shed tears tomorrow for some afflicted ball player, let's give them off to poor Monty instead of Lucky Lou. Oh my god. <laughs> Absolute take quick. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> What newspaper was that for? Uh, I think it was the New York Times. Oh my god, and this guy was a New York guy, just like talking, sh maybe he was like a, uh, he's clearly not a Yankees fan. Uh, clearly not, but, okay, so there's a lot of ways to go with this. incredible. So, yeah, like we, said, we, like we touched on earlier, people didn't really know what Lou Gehrig's disease was before this, which is why it's called Lou Gehrig's disease, because this is what, like, popularized it. <sighs> Um, oh my so just god. incredible, just incredible takes coming left and right out of this guy. Oh my god. Uh, one I... is that it's a cover by the White Sox PR team to cover up his declining play. And he even acknowledges Garrick is not complicit in this. This is just the New York marketing <laughs> department. Nothing to do with Garrick, because he doesn't, he doesn't question Garrick's integrity. Just the New York Yankees brass. That's all oh, that's coming at okay. here. okay. That is an important distinction. <laughs> It's really not at all, which is why it's, that's, I'm pointing out how stupid it is. 
<laughs> this guy was definitely like a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. Because <laughs> what? There used to be like four teams in New York. It was like Yankees were Bronx, Mets were Queens, Dodgers were Brooklyn, and then the Giants were somewhere too. Yeah, but then also I guess let's take about a Stratton. It's like, well, Stratton accidentally shot his leg and blew it off. Should we honor him too? <laughs> We're gonna shed tears for anybody. I love the guy who accidentally shot himself hunting. <laughs> so crazy take quick. This also really opened my eyes up to like, you know, I'm as much as we hate like first take and like that whole culture that we that's what that is. Skip Bayless invented. That's been around for that, forever. Forever. Since the I didn't know that. I thought Skip Bayless like created that. That is nothing new. That literally, that guy was Skip Bayless. Yeah, literally. Except better, like more electric. <laughs> <laughs> like. Could you imagine Skip Bayless being like, here we go. LeBron's, well, I guess he probably did that last year. LeBron's faking a groin injury because he couldn't carry the Lakers to the, he probably said this last yeah, year. Yeah, oh, he definitely did, yeah. Couldn't carry the Lakers to the, to the playoffs and now he's faking an injury. Yeah, and that's just kind of like weird. It's just hilarious how badly this one aged. <laughs> that one's particularly amazing, yeah. Because if I could switch bodies with Luke Gehrig for the next 40 years, I would do it, obviously. <laughs> I'm sure if 90, yeah, 90% of where your mouth is, Lou, let's switch yeah. bodies. 90% of people could have gone to this doctor and gotten diagnosed with something. <laughs> So-called clinic, clinician over it. So I thought that was amusing. That was an all-timer. Do you want to do a grab bag? Oh, my God. Yeah, let's do a grab bag. <laughs> Actually, wait. I have one that's not a grab bag, but it's like equally quick to a grab bag, but... I believe our grab bag has in integrity, and I'm drawing a distinction between this one and the grab bag. I made that distinction a few episodes we're, ago. We're doing that now. So I'm watching uh, the new season of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel came out, and it's set in the 50s. Well, now it's 1960 in the show. Point is, they went to Los and or Las Vegas in the show. She's like on tour, and they like show like this whole giant hotel and it looks like it's 1960 they show the lot the las vegas strip and it looks like 1960 how the fuck do they do that i'm sure there's a very quick answer to that but like the they showed the las vegas strip and it didn't look like cgi is cgi that good yeah i think so wow i mean if you could cgi like like a monster fighting a dragon and make it look realistic you could probably like together like Las Vegas, right, right? Has, have a couple people draw like yeah. signs from the 60s of las vegas and like put it up yeah that makes sense yeah the other I mean, one it's cool how they do that though like i like i it's I, super impressive yeah, i'm not trying watching. to like, shut you down but like yeah, yeah no it's like cool when, oh like, no i was hoping right. there was a quick answer uh, because I, irishman was really good at that too i mean uh, obviously that's obviously a big movie yeah and like this it's almost like this it's almost like a cheat code when like you make your movie happen in the past yeah but, like irishman that's does not a good example because that actually did happen and it did happen in the past uh-huh. but it's always cool when you just have like those awesome sets you could look at it's even like half if, like, the, the show drama, even if like the drama of the show could still be applied in like now it's like when you like just have the cool sets it's like everything's right. better no half the reason i like marvelous mrs Maisel is because it's set in the 50s and i'm not again now it's 1960 but <laughs> it's set in the 50s and like half of it is like again like the culture what were things like like the sets and then the um the wardrobe is like fascinating so yeah, it's kind of a cheat code. Even if the show is fine, but like when you yeah, have does all the show is it? Could that show also be made with like a 2019 setting, or is it like I've never seen no? It. it wouldn't be funny at all. Like 90 percent of the jokes are like specific to the time period. Okay. Yeah, it would be kind of sad now, like following a, f- a f- aspiring female comedian like now. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what it's about. Yeah. 
Okay. Like back then, it was. It was super. This one was just like a failing like comedian just doing like like open mic nights on Tuesdays. Yeah, that's not a good show. This is almost like this was the first time a woman even tried to be an entertainer on her own, like that type of thing. Yeah. Like being herself, not like with no gimmick. Like this is like. That's why the show is good. It's like the fifties. Like women weren't allowed to do anything. If they were, they were like expected to stay in specific roles and not have a good personality. You know. Right, right. Now it would be just like all the female comedians now, just I mean every comedian in general, but like also the female ones nowadays, like first of all, they're all on Twitter, so you can see what they're like. Second of all, they're it's just like sad. Like the only funny things are like like sad things. <laughs> From what I've seen. Yeah. It's depressing. Yeah, that was it. I was wondering how they make those sets because they're ridiculously good. I guess I have one more topic really quick. Did you see that the MLB came out with like their statement about like the baseballs this year? No. Um, so basically, everyone's like accusing them of like juicing the balls on purpose. Right. Oh and, yeah. And they're yeah. like, all right, so we have like independent investigators come in, like look at this and like see what happened. And like they concluded it was like forty percent players like changes in like launch angle and swing. Yeah. And like approach. And then 60%, like, the seams were lower on the ball, which, like, reduced the drag coefficient. Right. And that was 60% of it. And they had, like, the data was, like, 0.35 inches and went down to, like, 0.3 inches on the seams. But, like, the MLB is still saying, like, we, like, actually, like, we didn't do that on purpose. It was just, like, manufacturing variability. No fucking way. They, are you fucking kidding me? They've been making baseballs for, like, a hundred, over a hundred years. You think they just now were, like, oh, we fucked up the seams. No. But I think now that people pay such fucking close attention to that type of shit, like, in, like, the baseball community, like, all the nerds and advanced stats and all the analytics and stuff, mm-hmm. I think something like this could have happened in, like, 1971 for, like, a season randomly. And then oh. nobody would have been known. It was like, oh, remember all this one runs that year? Yeah, that was weird. And you just, like, go on to the next year. Oh. And now this is, like, this huge, like, political, like, like, conspiracy with the MLB. Because I remember when, like, because it was last summer when some people first started pointing out, like, maybe the baseballs are different because there's a bunch of home runs last year. Yeah. And they, like, ambushed Manfred about it, like, at, like right after the All-Star break. And they're like, well, what about the baseballs? What about the baseball? And he, like, genuinely seemed like he had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> like, he was just like, I'm, like, what so about it? He's, like, he's like, what? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, what do you mean, like, the baseballs are going far? They're like, what? Okay. I <laughs> and I kind that. of believed him. Yeah. And I think it's hard for me to picture a world where, like, an organization as big as baseball can be, like, confident enough they're like, you know what? Let's reduce the drag coefficient on the scenes <laughs> of the baseball to like generate interest in our sports. I think it's just people taking it way too far. Yeah, there's no way that guy was discussing drag coefficient, and they lowered it by like 0.05. Yeah, like, they the thing, like the anybody walked into Manfred's office is like, hey, I got this great idea. Why don't we reduce the drag coefficient on our baseball? Like, no, all you have to do is reduce the seam seem like by 0.05 and it's 60% more home runs. It's crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. And then something changed in 2017 too where they were buying their balls from Rawlings and then in 2017 MLB bought Rawlings. Oh, which okay. Think, this is very plausible actually. So, which you think that actually probably would lend more towards like a conspiracy on MLB's part because then they could like adjust it however they want. But I think it's just when like a company turns over hands like that like yeah, no, you know, I think I, just like tiny things just like change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that could have just been one of them, or even if just like somebody picked up a baseball and just said, "Oh, I like this one; it's more comfortable." And like wasn't thinking about drag coefficient. He just like liked the way the seams felt, and that was like the way the balls were made. And for like a real baseball player, like who are you kidding me? Like we're talking a point oh five. What are we talking centimeters here, millimeters? Yeah, the pitchers said they noticed the difference. The pitchers would be the ones to notice. Yeah, and they did. But they hitters shouldn't care. Well, I guess it benefits the hitters. Yeah, it goes right. Never mind. Um, but then in the playoffs, 
the balls weren't going as far, and they couldn't figure out why in the report. I think they just make different batches of like playoff balls. They probably have like a little like playoff like stamp on there somewhere. And then those balls were just made with like a slightly different process than the regular season balls that were like more similar to the older ones. Where is this? We're just ignoring like the weather. Yeah, that was kind of I don't know how much I guess they like, some accounted of the, for. Like, I'm like sure Astros, some of the Astros games were obviously indoors. Yeah, so like, but even like the players and pitchers were like, yeah, the balls aren't going as far. Weird. So like, I think I think then it was just like their regular season ball batch was like different than like the playoff. Ball no, they definitely like, and there's make, nothing like sinister. That's about exactly it. what it was like. Yeah. The, the I'm sure the playoff balls have like one little extra thing, like a little playoff sticker on it, but it's like woven into the. the cowhide or whatever the fuck yeah so like and something that, changed yeah, yeah, no, it, it, like, it was like bad and i was hyper of... aware of it and everybody's like well the playoff balls like they concluded that the sample in the playoffs was too small so they couldn't like say anything significant about it um now i'm just impressed that they're noticing that small of a difference like the players uh i mean they've been talking i mean well the players noticed it but like i mean just the home run graph is like insane like right i know with the whole right like they're like, i mean i'm talking more about the playoff like the, that they noticed the balls were a little different in the playoffs I think it was, my, I don't know if the players said anything about that, but I think it was just a lot of, like, fly balls at the warning track were being caught. Okay. And then, like, even when you're watching those games on TV, you're like, they would swing, like, that's a home run, and then they like, catch it on the track. And, like, sometimes you just get tricked. But it seemed like that was happening a lot in the playoffs. And yeah. even, like, the announcers were talking about it, like, just baseball fans were just talking about it. Right, like, all those Nick Castellanos home runs for the Cubs that went into the basket would have yeah. just been outs with the different balls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, people were noticing during the playoffs. Like, wow, it really doesn't seem like the balls are going as far. <laughs> all right, I got one little funny one here. I'm reading a book, and it was written in, like, the 1880s, and it's it's weird. I'm not going to get into what the book's about, but she was talking about uh, gravity. She was comparing, like, everyone's takes on gravity and then she was like, but the scientists can't, <laughs> a lot of scientists are just, like, dumbfounded when it comes to comets, because, like, everything else is, like, obviously, like, smaller things rotate or in a circle around bigger things, like, planets around the sun, and then there's just, like, comets that apparently just, like, don't, like, nothing applies to them, was what she was getting at, and I was like, this is a little weird, but she called them, <laughs> she called them long-haired radicals, because comets have the tail, and they're, like, radicals against gravity, and I was like, it's really funny that she called it long-haired radicals. That means that's something like, a lot different now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because it's, like, a 60s term, and I was like, that's so funny to think of a comet as a long-haired radical. That's it. That is really funny. I was laughing really hard. Okay, you want to do a grab bag before wrapping it up? Let's do some grab bag. Yeah. All right, first one. Uh, do you face towards the shower head or away from the shower head when you're taking a shower? Oh, that's such a good grab bag. Um, I'm towards... Okay, this is what it is. I'm towards 90% of the time, but for some reason, when I'm rinsing the shampoo out of my hair, I have to face away. Okay. So, I'm away. <laughs> I can't comprehend what it's like facing towards the shower head or taking a shower. So you just stand there with the water just blasting you in the face the entire time you're in there? Yeah, and that's all you do? <laughs> it's more of a winter move. Yeah. That makes no sense. No, so, like, I'll... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... So you're just standing there just, like, getting waterboarded for, like, as long as you're in the shower? First, <laughs> the first, like, 30 seconds I'm waterboarding myself and getting the temperature <laughs> And then, like, you know, you stand there for a little... And then you turn around and, like, bask in it. You, I don't know why I'm saying you. I turn around and, like, bask in it so I'm facing the other way. And then I soap myself, obviously, away from the water because you don't want, you just like, the water to wash off your soap while you're soaping yourself. That's happening facing away 
but like also just very far from the um, faucet. And then when I'm washing the soap off my body, I face. So you're just going in circles the whole time. You're just 360 just the entire time you're in there. There's a lot of movement. I should probably get like a pad so I don't slip. <laughs> okay. I'm coming from all angles. I am strictly away. I'm facing for like three seconds when you just gotta like wash the soap off your front really quick and then I'm just right, right. back turning around. Just stand there, let it kind of hit the back of your head, down your neck, like over your body. It feels great. Uh-huh. I just genuinely don't understand how people can face forward in the shower. And it's a thing. It's like a, it's like an even divide. It's like weird. Yeah, I no, that is such a good grab bag. Yeah. Okay. So when you button your shirt, like a shirt with button, like a button down. Yeah. Do you start from the bottom or the top? Oh God. Or the middle, I guess. If you're a psychopath. Uh, never the middle. Let's get that out of the way. Um, when I was little, I'd always start the middle and always have to redo it. The bottom, the bottom, because like. I sometimes I used to like put on shirts and button all the way down and then like right at the bottom one I realized it just doesn't fit me. <laughs> so now I start at the bottom to like not waste my time. You're like, like this could never happen again. I'm like I'm not gonna embarrass myself like that again. <laughs> like, I'm gonna save myself the nine seconds of going down. So I start at the bottom and then like once you're good at the bottom, like you know for sure the shirt fits you and then you go on up. I, I always start from the top. But you, really, but you never had to worry about the shirt. Yeah, thing, I've never had to worry about that. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't really have a good reason. I just always start at the top. I just go down. I think it just like makes more sense. It's like, well, it's just side note. I wear a buttoned shirt like very rarely. I feel like when you start at the top, though, like then you know your shoulders are nice straight, like right from the get go when you're wearing the shirt. But if you start at the bottom, you can be all knock nuts. Then you have to like adjust into I it. I can definitely, you yeah, no, I can definitely see. The bottom kind of like cause starting at the bottom causing more like wrinkles and just like weird fit. Yeah, it's like ruckus in your shirt. Now I'm starting to think the middle might be the way to go. (laughs) No, when I was a little kid and I was just like dumb, I did this for a long time in my life. Where like you start in the middle and then you miss you misalign the buttons and you don't know until you get to the top or bottom. Mm, That's another reason I like starting at the bottom. You you never are gonna fuck up the top button, but like if you go down and you like are just one off. You don't know that until the bottom. But if you start, yeah, really if you bottom. match it up at the bottom, you're good to go. That's true. You can never mess up the bottom. Yeah. Uh, Mary fuck kill. Mm. Christmas trees, Christmas lights, or Christmas decorations. Kill Christmas decorations. Marry the tree. Fuck the lights. Okay. Do you want to explain why? Um, the worst. That's time. fast. You really. Uh, you. <laughs> some... I hate. Okay. I hate putting up Christmas decorations. This is the first year of my entire life I'm not going to have to oh, put up. Oh, we're talking indoor? We're talking indoor Indoor also decorations count in the decorations. Not just like the outside, like I'm yeah, launching. No, okay. that sucks okay. too. So <laughs> so for the outdoor, um, we have this big-ass tree, like a full-grown tree, like in the front of my house. So even when I like didn't live at my house, I still had to put these lights up for my mom. So like, it doesn't well, that- matter. My, my living situation doesn't matter. Like the Christmas lights need to go up on this tree and but that's those that. are the ones you're marrying oh wait or wait just... i can't separate lights and wait a minute all right christmas decorations like what's inside your house we'll just leave it at that like there's like the little like santa things that go up and they get set out like sure. stockings like okay. the coffee mugs you guys have like coffee mugs in your house like the yeah yeah so wait a minute Okay, for some reason with the lights, I only thought of the indoor lights. 
Wait, okay, no. Kill the lights, because that's including the outdoor lights. Kill the fucking light. No, wait, but we're not only talking about my life. Like, I yeah, like no, looking at, like I like looking at all the lights yeah. outside. So I'm still fucking the lights. <laughs> this is kind of diabolical, because, like, who hates any part of Christmas? <laughs> I do. Okay, so here, we have a Christmas tree. It's a fake Christmas tree, and it has this, like, terrible, terrible white stuff on it that sticks to your clothes and it's a the worst fake, thing ever. It's a, a fake, fake tree, tree with like fake, fake snow. A fake tree with fake snow and that whatever that is just ends up ruining whatever it's shirt. Not like sap. It's like, oh, we're going to make this fake tree more realistic by making it sticky. It sticks like sap and it <laughs> ruins whatever clothes you're wearing while you're putting it up and it's the bane of my fucking existence and it's been in my life for so long. And it looks really nice once it's on and plugged in. It looks great. So that's why it never we never throw it away cuz once it's up and running it's worth it kind of i don't think so but i'm also the one make i'm the one putting it together every year um and i hate that thing so that's whatever that counts as i want to kill i'm not counting that i'm counting that as a decoration and not a tree because it's a fake tree i'm very pro real trees well, Love christmas, them. They no, smell no, no, great. No. Well, christmas trees is on the list so you can't this is a fake tree though but it, that's that still counts you can't just eliminate that whole category and just okay say then i'm killing kill christmas trees because that's the thing i want to oh, kill okay, the most shit. that's yeah. the thing i want to kill above actually that worked for your favorite yeah, I, 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 <laughs> that's the thing i want to kill more than anything else another thing this actually is um going up against what i just said because i'm for real christmas trees i love the pine things i love the smell i don't care about the mess what i hate is the garnish the what is the material that christmas trees are made out of like a real tree or a fake tree real tree what's um, it what's that called pine needles pine pine garnishes we put them up on like these like shelves like imagine oh, yeah it looks nice i've been there but yes. yeah yeah imagine just oh you've been there but okay but, for uh, the listeners, for listeners yeah imagine like you just kind of nail put, put some nails on and like hang it's not called garnish it's called something else but you hang like pine garnish on like your you know, near the ceiling, and it's very home. I know what you're talking done. about. I don't know what it's called either, but I don't think it's, it's garnish. It's not garnish. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. I don't, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing too because that's like that's the best word I can come up with for it. It's on the tip of our tongue, but uh, I hate like doing that. And then like when you're putting, it's really hard to put up because like you'll be like you'll get a corner down and you think it's all good and you think it's locked in, and then like a corner on the other side of the room will fall and you're just like, I hate this shit. And you get the pine needles all over. <laughs> and you're like, I always have to do this like jungle gym shit to get up there. It's terrible. Um, I love Christmas lights, especially when they're on other people's houses. I also am a big fan of indoor Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. Just like in our TV room. Yeah. Like in your, anywhere really. Great. Bedroom. Very pro those. I love the level of lighting that they give off. Mm-hmm. It's very mellow and it's also, it, it's good for the season. I thought about throwing some up around here. And maybe. Yeah, maybe. I also like, I mean, they're not Christmas lights, but they're knockoff Christmas Like, someone clearly had Christmas lights and was like, let's just make this better and, like, made streamed lights with, like, actual light bulbs, which you guys had at 1020. Yeah, those are those. And are those, those, like, actually provide light. I see those still, everywhere now. Yeah, like, those are like all patios, over the like, people's, like, yeah, like, patios. Bars. Bars, yeah. Outdoor areas at bars. We have them on our patio. It's... Those things are awesome. Mm-hmm. Great invention. Okay, so... What about you? You gotta answer... You still haven't really answered the question. Okay, so... Sorry. Um, like I'm kill- killing... I'm killing Christmas trees because of that one Christmas tree. I'm gonna, um... I'm going to marry the, like, the in-home decor because now that you're bringing up, like, 
now that I'm thinking about it, like, that was always great. Like, my grandma would always put, like, this really dope little setup of a fake town on her on her piano, and it was, like, very elaborate and dope. Like a nativity scene, or, like... Not like, a nativity, like, like just, like, nativity. people ice skating. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a fake ice skating ring. Okay. Like, it was really cool. Um, I also am pro-nativity, so, again, lumping that in with the decorations. Yeah, I like a good nativity scene. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm into nativities, so yeah. I'm marrying that, and then I guess I'm fucking the lights, which is, uh, you know, hot. Lights are hot. Yeah, I actually landed on the same thing, too. Uh, killing Christmas trees. I actually don't have anything against Christmas trees or any specific Christmas trees out there. Uh, but I think that's the one I could do with the least. Uh-huh. Like, that's the one that's, like, easiest for me to just, like, put it away and, like, not have to think about it. So, although I do like Christmas trees, I'm going to kill the Christmas tree. Uh, the decorations, I am marrying the decorations. Love the decorations. The coffee mugs that come out. Yeah, no, you you thought about that way more than I did. Like, that's such a good point. It's a lot easier because I make them up, so, like, I Well, and, like, uh... But then, like, the placemats? I was gonna say the placemats! That's exactly what I was gonna say! placemats? Everything. Even, like, blankets. Like, the candles that come out that are, like, different, that, like, you don't actually even really like them, but they're just, like, out. Does Uh, the music count? Uh... Kind of should. That might make me, like, Christmas decorations less, but, no, I mean, we can we can include it. I don't know. No, okay. that doesn't count. We well, can do something different with yeah, Christmas music. We're just going to throw that aside. Uh, we have, like, these really nice, like, cocktail glasses that come out, too, only for that. And they're not even, like, crispy. They have, like, these geese, and, like, they're red, and they look really cool. Uh, so I'm going to marry the decorations. Santa figurines that get put up. Like, those, like, like legit, like, action figure-looking ones that are, like, yeah. really nice. And then once you really get into it, the, like, stockings over the fireplace, if you yeah. have a fireplace, like, that's always just nice to look at. So I'm marrying all that. And then uh, Christmas lights, I mean, that's just like... Those are hot as hell. Yeah, those are just so sexy, so hot. Like a, <laughs> like a house that just has a sweet setup. That's like, you just go by and you're like, damn, that's damn, awesome. Damn, You're looking hot They today. did that. House. Like, good job, house. Yeah, and I love every... Con- I love pretty much every sort of... Well, one of my favorite things to do is judge everyone else's Christmas lights. Like yeah. Outdoor Christmas lights. Like yeah. That in itself is like an awesome activity. I will just... I like most of them. I'm not too harsh of a judge, but like you get the one with like a really sad tree. It's like it's really hard to fuck up. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you get like the ones that like no effort went into. It's, that and it's like obvious, but, it, but then at it's the same the time, time you're like hating. Yeah, it's just you just no. But like, then whatever. at the same time yeah. you're like you know they could have done nothing. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we do anything in our house with lights anymore. We're not this year because my whole family's going down to Florida, so it's the first year we're like not doing. My mom still made me put up the fucking tree, but. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no decorations at all because we're just, like, not going to be there. My, like, my whole family is basically not going to be there for most of December. Yeah, the one tree we used to put lights on in our front yard just isn't there anymore. So, don't worry about that. Uh, last one I have in the grab bag. Actually, give you some time to think about this one. Uh, song from the mid-2000s that's just been, like, completely forgotten that you st- think still plays. Okay. Rap song, too, by the way. Hip-hop. Um... I'm gonna go. Do you want me to do mine first? Oh, Laffy no, okay. Taffy by D4L. You still think that plays? Yeah, I think it plays even more than before. <laughs> oh, like if that came out right now? Yeah. Yeah, I bet that would actually kind of blow everybody's minds. Yeah. It kind of blew everybody's minds at the time, too. It blew our minds, but we were all like, Jesus. Like, it was one of those, like, wow, this is what rap music is. But now, but like when you go back, it's like they just had a groove down and kept it simple, and I love it. That would definitely still play. Yeah. I was also thinking about it, too, where it's like, so it's like still plays, like you thinking about it. Also, like, if you're at, like, a bar and you got, like, a DJ, just, like, throw on, like, like kind of, like, that older hip-hop music uh-huh. to, like, try to, like, kind of get the crowd bars. Yeah, 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 just, yeah, like, yeah, like trying to, like, cater. 
That's actually what I was thinking of. Like, I think that would be like make the club go off. Oh, you think so? I think I kind of think if that song came out, it might be met with like a groan by like a certain amount of people. Depends where you are. Depends where you are. Uh, So what one I one of the ones I've written out is a "How We Do" by the Game featuring Fifty Cent. Damn. I think that's like a genuinely good song, and I don't know why people forgot it. This is how we like, do. The, like the the whole verse is like Damn. fresh, like uh, palette. Damn, uh. you're right. That is actually the... like wherever everything rhymes with uh. uh. <laughs> I think that <laughs> verse is still so good. You get like <laughs> you get like a good like fifty cent verse on it, dude. I think if you put Laffy Taffy and How We Do back to back, like okay, here's just an example. When we were at the Bud Light bar and the dance floor was going off. D4L followed by or Laffy Taffy followed by How We Do would have like made that place explode. We've got another one, not a dance floor song, but uh, one I still think just great song. Completely forgot about. Uh, Don't Matter by Akon. Damn, well, Akon should still be coming out with music. Like I he, feel like he was ahead. Like he should just be. He, rapping. he was like way too far ahead, and then yeah. he got all of his good ideas out, and I don't think he had any more after that. Yeah, that's but, exactly like they're all on like one album. And then he like signed Lady Gaga as a retirement plan. Uh, good retirement plan. Really good. Did that, did that actually happen? I didn't even know that. He's the one who like found Lady Gaga. Or so he gets like he's like Jerry from like that. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Movie. She, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what he got payout on that was, but or if he like had his own label or what. But yeah, he definitely has made money off Lady Gaga. No problem. No question. Uh, do you have any other ones? I have one honorable mention. I'm trying to think. A lot of those songs were like bad, like the memorable. Or actually, they're all bad. They're so bad. That music, that era of rap music, sucks. still tipping by Mike Jones is very, very good. I go back to that often. <laughs> uh, Mike Jones just has so much like built-in just like humor into like his whole persona. That's like, like I like Mike Jones. Like, just I just think I just hear the word like the name Mike Jones. I just start laughing. What's your name, Mike Jones? What's your stage name, Mike Jones? <laughs> and like we all know who Mike Jones is. It's the funniest shit ever. Uh, so this, this is an honorable mention. I don't think this would play in a club or really anywhere still, but I was thinking about it. Uh, the Make It Rain re- remix with Fat Joe, R. Kelly, is... T.I., Lil Wayne, Baby, Rick Ross, and Ace Mac. It's I like seven there. and a half minutes long. Yeah. I remember there was a specific time in my life where I thought that was like the apex of like <laughs> like human achievement in like rap music, and that would be it. Like That would be the best song I ever created. I was Make like, It 14. Rain was the first song I ever downloaded. Not the remix, the regular one. The regular one? Okay. Off the lime wire. The remix? Did you hear the remix? Yeah. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah. Like, I literally thought that that was, like, the best. That was, like, we peaked. I it's think like... it was. <laughs> it's getting, like, actually cold now. Like, I was riding my bike yesterday, and it was, like, 21 degrees, and I was like, I'm about to die. <laughs> no, it was really cold. It was The weird thing was it was, like, 40, like, 5? Like, two days yeah, ago? Yeah, it was nice to pass. Like, yeah. when I got home, it was, like, I went to the gym, came home, and it wasn't even cold yet. Yeah. And then I, like, got up to, like, go to my car to work the next morning. And I was like, wow, like, I must be being kind of a bitch right now. Like, I think it's really cold. I got in my car, it was, like, 18. Yeah. It just dropped, like, 20 it dropped degrees. 20 overnight. degrees. Yeah. Yeah, I was, um... Well, today I noticed, like, I was, I was, when you ride your bike, you get wind chill on your face. It's like, you're creating your own wind chill. It's terrible. Oh, so. but I can't use my bike when it's under, like, 45. Yeah, like, so, like, I didn't my realize... Too cold. Yeah. But one thing, one thing, one advantageous thing is, like, now, like, today, it's, like, the same temperature, basically, but I don't have my bike. I'm just walking, so I feel very warm. Yeah, I, I can't do the bike in the winter. You see people doing it all the time, too. And they probably, like, have to. It's more of a necessity to, like, get to work or whatever. But, like, man. I did it last 
here until January. Like, through the cold weather, just basically, I stopped only when it snowed. And you just end up, like, it's just face mask season. Face mask. I bought, like, a specific, like, bike layer. I was just geared up. You have to be so geared up. So geared up, though. And just, like, okay sweating, like, wherever you are. Wherever you're going to, you have to be, like, okay sweating there. (laughs) (laughs) But I was going to, like, a food truck, so it didn't matter. Like, at all. Yeah, you're just going to be sweating the whole time you're at the food truck, too. Yeah, Yeah. sweating actually is an advantage (laughs) at that point. (laughs) Yeah. All right.